I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 22 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Tierney Steele of the Apocalypse Now Minute. Welcome back, Tierney. Hello, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> to quote this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, welcome back. I'm 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 glad that uh, you were, you were able to come back. Uh, you know, even though it's starting, it, yesterday started becoming a little bit more of a uh, you know an old timers club or uh, <laughs> old home week. You know, as they as they refer old to it, old home week, old home week. Yeah, I would not miss the big Charleston contest. There you go. So minute twenty two begins with George starting to dance around with his uh, new dance partner. And ends with Mary and George uh, deciding that they're going to continue to dance. So sweet. I'm going to keep <laughs> saying that this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. You you are more than welcome to to do so. That's okay. I I actually started thinking because um they do the well hello and then hello and all I could think of was in Sleepless in Seattle and all I could say was hello which I know is a different classic movie but. <laughs> You know, I'm getting my rom-coms crossed a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. Rom-com crossing is fine. Actually, would you call this a rom-com? Hmm, that's an excellent question. I don't think it is a rom-com. I don't think so either. <laughs> no. Nope. No. It, if it was from Mary's point of view. Um, at at this point, that, maybe. But... I would say at this point, I think later on, things get a little, a little bit more... Uh, uh, dramatic, you know, even even for Mary, you know, as she's you know going through her life with uh, with George. I mean, it's it's a love story, but would I necessarily call yeah. it a rom com? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I I'm pretty sure that when I did when Harry met Sally, there was at least one person who put this on their list as as like one of their favorite rom coms. I think so. I, I mm. I'd have to I'd have to go back and and check that list, but I I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. call this the wrong com. Uh, it's wow. not. Uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like there there's enough comedy in this. There there are comic moments, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call this. Uh, would would you would you call it? Yeah, that? the the drama's stronger on it. Um, yeah. Here you see. There, I, okay, I looked it up. The... There there is one person who put it on their list, and it was their number four rom com. Oh, that was actually Jim O'Kane. <laughs> hey, nice. Well, sorry, sorry, Jim O'Kane. Yeah. I I think this probably falls not under rom com, but it is it is definitely a love story. Um, 
so it is adjacent. But yeah, I think the drama is a little bit more. It has the rom-com element of the obnoxious guy with a, someone take this man's whistle. I cannot, I cannot stand this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Makes sense. So, you know, George, George and Mary are both transfixed with one another as they start to dance. And they have a very Mm -hmm. interesting conversation here. You know, well, hello, hello. You look at me as if you didn't know me. Well, I don't. You've passed me on the street almost every day. Me? Mm-hmm. No, that was a little girl named Mary Hatch. That wasn't you. <laughs> so. Um, nice talker, George. Yeah, it goes back to what we were saying yesterday, you know, that that, that George was just completely oblivious about, yes. uh, about who Mary Hatch way is. Of, this is a good way of getting around the baked-in awkwardness of oh, this is a small town. They all know each other. He's friends with her brother. He's known her since they were kids. But we want this to be a moment. And so this kind of lets you right in the, yeah, I I saw you, but I didn't see you element. What do you think the definition of the name Hatch means? Uh, It's an art technique. Okay, so <laughs> the the name Hatch is an English surname that was taken by people who were living near an important gate or entrance. Okay. It comes it comes from the old English uh, term for gate. And listeners of the Indiana Jones Minute are giggling away like crazy right now. Uh, Indiana Jones Minute has a uh, let's let's say a, a thriving listener community, um, in that we have a lot of jokes that probably aren't that funny unless. You were there for the great hatch debate of <laughs> the pandemic. So do you, do you want to let let us in, the, the, those of us who who didn't, who were not part of that debate? So um, in in the underwear of men, there is a hatch. Do you go over the hatch or through the hatch? This occupied us for months during the pandemic. <laughs> and how, how where, where in Indiana Jones did that come up? Because I don't recall anyone ever going to the bathroom in Indiana Jones. Actually, that's not true. A but short round does. they have? Short round does. <laughs> yes. yes. So I don't know. I don't remember the context and how this came up. Um, but it's uh, the Indiana Jones Minute is hosted by three guys who have been friends most of their lives. And so somehow discussions end up kind of derailing into places you never imagined yeah, that um, is definitely one of them lot, <laughs> we also talk a lot about mountain dew for a group that's about indiana jones so uh <laughs> but yes the 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 great hatchet to the point where like i know like when i'm full my, my son is a kid all right like i fold my son's underwear and i'm like oh where's the hatch and then i'm like that's not the normal thing stop it <laughs> you've been corrupted by years of of silly listeners crusading um but there's there's no impropriety here. Uh, there's just a good good old fashioned falling in love and entering a dance contest. That's right. As wholesome as can be. That's right. And then um, we see Harry standing on the stage. Now, I was actually shocked at this point because I I've seen this movie so many times and I never noticed that it was Harry who's standing up there, uh, you know, doing this annoying thing for the you know, to, to talk about this context, you know, 
Um, I, I always just thought it was okay. It's one of the other people around or whatever it is. And, you know, Harry, Harry said a few weeks ago, that's right. And Harry says a few weeks ago that he's on the eats committee. Okay. Which, which, uh, you know, we, we couldn't figure out what exactly an eats committee is officially. It must mean the person who's in charge of bringing all the plates and, and bringing the food. Yeah. You know, coordinating the food. Yeah. That's right. But beyond that, I couldn't think of, but it, it seems that Harry is more involved than just that. He's not only on the eats committee. Maybe he's in charge of everything, basically. Is Harry class president? It's possible. It is definitely. I don't possible. know why that's striking me as so cute, but just knowing like that he's going to go on to be Harry Bailey, it's like, oh. I, I you, you know what? I is, I think that's a good is observation. This a, is this the rare case of someone who peaks in high school but actually doesn't peak in high school? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I I would actually think that you were right about that. It makes sense that he is like class president or something like that, and therefore he's the one who's running things. He's the one in charge. You know, and I always thought that he screams out, uh, he, 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 but he actually says, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. But he says it in a way that it sounds like he's, you know, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye type of thing. And, <laughs> and then he goes, the big Charleston contest, the prize, a genuine loving cup. And he holds up, uh, you know, a little uh, uh, trophy. And he goes, those not tapped by the judges will remain on the floor. Let's go. So it's a weird prize for a high school dance contest. Yes, it really is. Now, what do you know about the Charleston? Are you are you a dancer, Tierney? Um, so I I know about the Charleston, but it's it's my uplifting experience. So I don't know if you want me to tell it here. Okay, so we will we will hold off and hear that at the end of okay. today's episode. Episode. Okay. No, I was just more like, what happens? I mean, like, sure, it's high school in the 20s. I'm sure there are a bunch of couples here dancing that are going to end up married or are already married. It doesn't say it's restricted to the students. But, like, a loving cup is a weird thing to get. Like, what if they're not a couple? You know, then who gets it? You know, if they're not a couple going home to the same place, do you share? Does she get it? Does he get it? Like, what's I, the... I think you need to have, I like, a... Uh, you, you need to go to a lawyer and get a, uh, you know, <laughs> and drop an agreement. As, uh, who gets custody? You know? How, yeah. You know, visiting I, rights I and know. things like that. And it's also, like... I mean, obviously, this is a, a planned competition that they had in mind. But, like, I don't know. That cup just seems like a lot for... Th- you know, like if they said it's time for the big Charleston contest, the winner gets, you know, this bouquet of flowers, you know, or something like that. I wouldn't have questioned it at all. But he holds up this giant like trophy cup. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just want to say loving cup? Because we know that George and Mary are falling in love. It's very possible. Is that like, like not subliminal messaging, but almost, you know, like, let's just say the words loving and then cut to them. <laughs> Now, is a loving cup something? I mean, is that is is that the idea behind it? It's it's the two handled cup, and so each person in a couple holds one side, and you drink together. You're you're tipping it together. You're drinking together. 
Oh, okay. You see, I, I didn't. I, that just like went went right over my head. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking, okay, here's a trophy, I really and that was it. I hope I am describing that correctly. Let me Google and make sure that I have understood what a loving cup is better. A loving cup. <laughs> a shared. Dr- yes. A shared drinking container and banquet, and and usually made of silver, which like makes it like it looks like a trophy cup, and it's just like this is a this is a big thing for like a day. What if you enter this with a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, then maybe yeah, maybe you wouldn't. Spoiler maybe... alert for the movie: It doesn't matter. Like Marty, we never see this cup again. That's right. Well, no, that's not true. We will see it. We will see it all, all later this week in the end of, and throughout next week. Oh. They're they're carrying it on their way home. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Because All right. because they have um, to spoiler alert the they actually have to longer, show us that they won. <laughs> the, the cup has a longer tenure in this movie than her brother. <laughs> That's right. Who isn't even at the wedding? You know. <laughs> and I mean, this is actually so they mentioned Marty. Like, Marty Marty is mentioned during World War II. Okay. The, oh, that's right. That's right. Because because like. You could come up with an excuse for why he's not there at things, but like he's not, you know, it's not like, oh, and Marty couldn't be here because he has the LSATs to, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, there's just nothing. Anyway, um, I, and by the time they show Marty again, I had forgotten that it was her brother, honestly. I was just like, oh, yeah, one of the gang. That's fine. <laughs> like, I didn't even remember it was her brother. Okay. Anyway, back to this wonderful moment in time. Well, we, we, I mean, we we do get to see him also, uh, you know, in in the opening scenes of the movie. You know, he is one of the ones that's mentioned there. So, you know, we, we are aware of the fact yeah, that he's yeah, around. He's like one of the, he's one of the gang, and then he's not at the wedding. He's not there at the end. I mean, like, what are we doing here, guys? Anyway, that's right. <laughs> Justice for Marty. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, right, um, so they, they just talk about later on during World War II, they mentioned the fact that Marty helped capture the uh, Remagen Bridge. That's it. But that that's that, that sounds to me like a reference to Saving Private Ryan or something like that. Uh, mm. <laughs> Marty Marty was one of the guys who survived in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> who knows? Um, so the Charleston, the Charleston is a dance that was named after the city Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it became popular in 1923, and it was composed by James P. Johnson, uh, and it was part of a Broadway show called Running Wild. And then it, it ended up becoming one of the most popular hits of the entire decade. And the peak year for the Charleston as a dance, when do you think that was? Was it 1928? It was 1927. So therefore, oh, okay. it makes sense. Okay. That you know these teenagers would still be doing because yeah. think about it. If it was 1927, the school year was you know from let's say September 1927 to you know June oh, June 1928. So this is still part of yeah. their senior year. So it, it from that perspective, it, it shows that you know Capra uh, knew what he was talking about by by putting that here. Mm-hmm. You know, for and him, I love to just look back and say. You know, just for, for while he's creating this movie, uh, 
you know, because I, I'm assuming you have you read the, the 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 short story that this is based on by any chance? No, I haven't. Okay, so it has almost nothing to do with the movie. Uh, <laughs> the only thing is, it's about a guy who wants to commit suicide, and decide, and an angel comes and and turns him into a quote unquote brush salesman in order to show him what life in his little town would be like if he wasn't there. There's no Potter. He just sees that his his wife ends up marrying his rival. And you know wants to 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 go back with her, and that's it. I mean, it 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 keeps the 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 basic idea of someone wanting to commit suicide because they feel that their their life has no meaning. You know, that's just, mm-hmm. that's that's the connection here. So basically, Capra and four other writers sat down and you know created this whole story out of basically nothing because this whole backstory mm-hmm. is something that they just had to create on their own. So the fact that one of them remembered that, hey, 1928 the, was, was the year that the, the Charleston was popular, that, that's pretty <laughs> pretty impressive. Hmm. I just love that this is what passes for bad dance. Like, Donna <laughs> Reed and Jimmy Stewart are like, oh, we suck at this. <laughs> it's like, it was a different time. <laughs> yes. So the, 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 dancing, the, the dance itself is a fast-kicking step, kicking the feet both forward and backwards, and later done with a tap. That's more or less what the, the dance is. Uh, maybe your story later will tell us a little more about that. I'm not a dancer, so I, I, I don't know anything yeah. beyond that. <laughs> but it, I think it's the idea of kicking out your heels as you're dancing. I think that's the 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 idea behind the whole thing. I, I like the way that in a very succinct way, they tell us the rules of this uh, dance competition. You know, they just say, if, if the judges tap you, then, then you got to go. That's it. <laughs> you know, we don't know who the judges are. We don't know what their qualifications are. You know, later on, we'll see that the principal is one of the judges. So I don't know where he is yeah. connected to the whole thing. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's an interesting way to do it. Right. So at, at this point, George then says to Mary, I'm not very good at this. And she says, neither am I. And he goes, OK, what can we lose? <laughs> <laughs> And they just start, you know, dancing. And and most of the rest of this minute, we get about 20 seconds of the two of them just doing these very crazy uh, moves, which I, I guess, uh, you know, are considered uh, the Charleston. And I love the way that, that the two of them are just looking at this other couple who are next to them. And they're basically trying mm-hmm. to, to copy them the whole time. Yes. <laughs> it's very sweet. And I mean, they're right. And the, what do they have to lose? They get tapped. They go sit down. That's fine. Like, That's right. We no try. Done. <laughs> we we try. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Why not try? Yeah. And um, and and what's great is is that since the two of them are looking at these other couples as they're dancing, they're not looking at each other. Which you would think that mm. in general, if you're dancing with someone that you want to dance with, you're going to be looking at them. You know. Yeah, uh, they're just trying not to embarrass themselves. <laughs> no, but again, they said they don't care. You know, they've got nothing yeah. to lose. So let them embarrass themselves. You know, why, why should that matter? <laughs> Let's embarrass ourselves. And, and then uh, George gives Mary a compliment and says, hey, you're wonderful. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's a little hammy, the, the way that that, that that comes across. You know, I don't know. There's something about the character of George that I give him a lot more leeway with cheesiness just because he just seems so 
Like he's so oblivious and then he stumbles into these things and it's like, hey, you're wonderful. And it's like, you just thought that and it came out of your mouth. <laughs> like there's no filter. Yes. George has no filter. That that we know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 no uh <laughs> there's no way about it. George George doesn't he, he happens to be very smart, but he just doesn't really you know, uh he doesn't care what people are gonna say or think about what he says. Which is why he basically, you know, talks. He's the only person who talks to Potter the way that he talks. So I think I think that also says something about that. All right, um, and that's pretty much how this minute ends. Did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? No. All right. So okay, great. So every Tuesday we have a segment called uh, Off the Beaten Track Uplifting Experience Edition, where my guests will give some sort of uh, story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something has happened to them over the course of their life that in some ways is an uplifting experience. Uh, It could be something that happened directly to them or to someone else. You know, so what type of story, what story do you have for us, Tierney? I I have a story that is a a little bit uplifting all around and it involves the Charleston dance. So it, uh, it kind of goes over a few things. It was that I mentioned, you know, we lived with my grandparents. We also lived across the street from my great grandmother. And she, let's see, she was having her kids around this time, 1928. She would have been, you know, getting married, settling down. So she would already have been out of high school, but not by that much, you know, out of high school and enough. She did train as a nurse. Um, So I'm not sure of the exact years, but she had so much fun as a teenager. And it's funny, actually, many years later, uh, we were watching an episode of My So-Called Life, the one where they have a dance. And it was me, a miserable middle schooler, my mother who had hated high school, my grandmother who had hated, you know, could take or leave it. And she bops out with this why are they so unhappy? High school is the best time of your life. And three generations just swiveled their head at her and were like, shut up, grandma. Uh, (laughs) No one wants to hear about how how much fun you had being in high school when we're all miserable. Um, But she had, this was her time. Um, She had stories. She had many sisters and brothers and she ended up marrying another boy from the same neighborhood. Uh, Infamously in her family, they had a, porch that wrapped around the corner they would shove the piano or no they would shove the piano up against the wall open the windows and that way they could dance on the porch and people could play the piano on the windows that that I mean that sort of like Americana beautiful thing when I was in fifth grade I was tapped to be part of my high school group the Jefferson Folk Dancers I don't know why we had a folk dancing club for 10 year olds but we did and I did it because uh, I need their extracurriculars, I guess. I don't know. And th- we learned a lot of different dances, but one of them was the Charleston. And somewhere there is a videotape of me doing the Charleston for my great grandmother and her like clap it, like tapping her foot. Like she couldn't do it anymore, but she could like kind of keep the beat with it and just beaming away that and I was like a chubby little 10 year old <laughs> like wearing like a Christmas sweater it's so bad and so embarrassing but it was just such a nice thing to like 
have this moment with her of like looking her in the eyes and her looking me in the eyes and being like, yeah, this is kind of fun, huh? And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of fun. I get it. Um, she also, um, because I spent time with her right up until the end, um, she would tell stories of high school and how much like her and her friends, you know, going in their in their swimsuits down to the river. The boys saw them, Rob. The boys oh. saw them in their swimsuits in oh, the river. No. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Grandma, you're so cute. Uh, well, <laughs> so she was my great grandmother. I got a little bit confused as a kid. I called her Grandma's Grandma my entire life. Um, <laughs> like I like I just stacked them. You know, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma's Grandma. Uh, <laughs> OK, so um, That's fair. yeah, so we had we had a lot of fun adventures together. Um, because I think they also, they liked having me along because I would just go anywhere, do anything. I was up for whatever. And it kind of like, I think I kind of kept her young. I kept her, but you know, like there was something to do <laughs> keeping me entertained and going places and going on picnics and stuff. And, but I will never forget performing. And it was, it would have been a Christmas Eve, um, probably that Christmas Eve of 1994, right before it turned to 1995. And I'm wearing one of the ugliest Christmas sweaters known to man and probably acid wash jeans. But I was uh, but but doing the Charleston in my grandparents kitchen with my great grandmother, like bopping along to it. It was <laughs> it was it was really sweet. Um, I could not do it for you today. Like, I mean, I can do the the kicky part, the the part where you're like spinning with your partner into I couldn't do that. I would have to like learn that but it's it's fun you know it's but you remember then, the steps that's what you're saying kind of, kind of what they're doing i know enough to fake it okay <laughs> i know how to like kind of bop around and swing about and <laughs> have fun to the music i don't know that i'm really doing the charleston when i do it but you know my foot goes forward my foot goes back you tap it's the whole thing um but you have to understand this is night and then in the late 90s there was that big swing revival and and all of a sudden it was like hey guys i know how to do some of this <laughs> again it didn't it did not make me popular i don't know why i don't know why this is what i chose to do with my afternoon wait it <laughs> made you unpopular or just fun. didn't help you become more popular i did not help uh -oh. there was no there was no like ah oh, that tyranny she just had Charleston. She's so cool. <laughs> um, but but it made my great grandma really happy. So isn't that, that what's important? <laughs> yes, exactly. Did did she start uh, doing the moves with you? Like I said, she was kind of like you know how like they have their arm you know your, their arms at the readings and they're just kind of like bop. They're turning a little bit in their chair in time with the music. That that little that little grandma bop she was doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could find it because as embarrassing as it is I would share it to the internet but I honestly don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the depths of videotapes at my parents' house. Along <laughs> with along like, with along with the the thousands of videotapes from your grandmother. Yeah, that the FBI will come for anybody. Yeah, this was still in the days of like the big camcorder. With the VHS on your shoulder, so I, yeah, I don't know where where the the evidence is of that. Okay. 
that is definitely yeah, and I fair. always I loved her stories of all the like teenagers in town in the neighborhood getting together and dancing on the porch while someone played the piano inside. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool. Maybe I too would have enjoyed high school if that's what it had entailed. Apparently. <laughs> you 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 went to high school in the wrong decade, I guess. Obviously. Or or in the wrong century. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. So uh Tierney, you wanna tell people where they can find uh Tierney Steel? Ah, well, you can search for Tierney Steel. I'm a published author. Yeah, I wrote a book called The Post Road. Um, and I'm going to write more, but um, like my podcast, that also kind of got put on the back burner for several months. And all of a sudden, I'm staring at a outline like, wait, I said I'd write what? So, <laughs> um, but if you check it out, The Post Road is actually about high schoolers. Uh, it was inspired by American Graffiti. It's about a group of four friends on their last night before they split up for college. Um, only it's set in the late 90s. At, well, it's set in 2000, but it's set in my high school era. So, uh, yeah, and it's it's a nice, like, it's classified as young adult. Um, my sister, who's a librarian, was like, but Tierney, the references are for people who are older. Whatever. People can enjoy whatever they want. It's fiction. <laughs> not that long it's a really nice like uh, you know i mentioned the last one i was a military history major and so i appreciate a nice i call them palate cleanser books when you've been reading some really intense stuff and you just need to read something like lighthearted. and and in this one like the teenagers think everything is the end of the world but you know it's not you know they're going to be fine so <laughs> um it's called the post road um and it is under tyranny steel which is the same name i use for podcasting all right very cool and while you're doing that you can go re review and subscribe many podcatcher might be using to to listen to the show and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for move around minute you can find me on facebook you can find me on twitter and you can find me on my website moveaboutminute.com so until tomorrow Hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.